Let's, uh, let's pray. Jesus, we, we are thankful that you are continuously and always faithful, that you're always good, and that, Lord, uh, your promises are yes and amen, even, even the ones that hurt sometimes, God. We're just thankful that you are trustworthy and you are good and you are continually pour out uh, your love and your mercy on us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. My name is Jeremy. I am the youth pastor here. I just want to welcome everybody here and those who are watching online. Uh, just glad y'all are with us this morning. And yes, I am the youth pastor. I think I need to clarify that. Uh, a couple weeks ago during the fourth Sunday of Advent, I said that and a couple who was new who were just visiting in town came up and said, aren't you a little bit old to be a youth pastor? And so I told them I was 25 and they didn't buy it. So that, that didn't work either. So uh, yeah, I am the youth pastor. Yeah, I am older than most youth pastors, but I'm also really, really immature, so it makes it work. Um, it makes it work for us. So um, when I was asked to, to speak this morning, uh, David gave me some, some direction. He said, do whatever you want to do, which means I immediately get paralyzed by all the possibilities. And so it took me a little while longer the, to, to get to where I wanted to go to today about what we're talking about. And and really, one of the, the issues is, is like I'm, I'm, I very much have tunnel vision. So my immediate thought was, go to the Gospels, let's start talking about the Gospel, because that's all I do all the time, and that's that kind of where I'm always drawn to. But I was watching football. This is weird to get your, your inspiration for a message by watching football. But I was watching football, and this ridiculous commercial comes on. This mat, y'all seen this Match.com commercial and all that stuff, and I'm watching that. And the first time, I have to admit, the first time I laughed, I was like, oh, that's kind of creative. That's pretty funny. And then I kept watching it. If those of you who don't know, it's this 2020. It's on, a, it's on a dating site, and it matches this woman representing 2020 with Satan. And so it's like, it matches up. Again, the first time I saw it, it was, I, I kind of laughed. The second time, there's kind of this follow-up commercial that comes after it. And it, they asked, I said, how'd you find 2020? And, and the response was, well, I just filtered out joy, happiness, uh, comfort, um, um, just anything positive. I filtered those things out, and I ended up with 2020. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, I wonder how many actual people really feel that way about this past year. So I started praying about it, and the Lord brought to mind Psalm 71, which if those of you that know me know that Psalms isn't my spot that I'm going to go to very often. It's way too positive for me most of the time. And so uh, so we went to Psalm 71 and just started thinking about it and praying about it and said, what does God want to say to us through this psalm and what's he, wanna, what's he, what's he want us to do? And the, the conclusion I came to was um, two things. One, to look back. This morning we want to take some time to look back at 2020 and not think about how terrible it was, but maybe look at the places where God has blessed us in, those, in that time. Where are the places God has been faithful in 2020, and then also look forward to a place where God is calling us in 2021. Because circumstances may not change, but God's still faithful and God's still good, regardless of the date on the calendar and regardless of the circumstances that we're in, God's still who he is. He's always the same. And so what is he calling us into? What's he calling us to? And what's he saying to us for 2021? And so those are the two things I want to look at this morning to learn to trust his faithfulness in the past and listen to his voice in the future are the two things. And so, again, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and flip over to Psalm 71. We're going to read the first six verses and break this down into a few separate chunks this morning. 
In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Never, let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge, as which I can always go, to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me, you brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. These first six verses really speak to, who, to, to the author's experience, right? We don't know who the author is. There are some who say it's David, and it sounds a lot like David. And there's some that say it's Jeremiah. And you could probably get to that conclusion as well. It doesn't matter who the author is. What matters is, is the person who wrote this is acknowledging God's faithfulness from the time of their birth until his current circumstances. He's acknowledging that God has been with him this entire time and that he is referring back to that for whatever. We'll read more and we'll, talk, we'll hear about his enemies encircling him and we'll hear about enemies coming against him in just a minute. But what he's saying here is because you've been faithful since the time of my birth, I know you're going to be faithful until the time of my death. I know you're going to be with me in both of those places. And really, he's acknowledging something that I believe we, we need to learn from. If you if, familiar with 1 Samuel 7, that in that passage, in that chapter, the Israelites are fighting against the Philistines, and there's this battle going on, and they really shouldn't win the battle. So God wins it for them. God intervenes on the behalf of the Israelites. They defeat the Philistines, and the Israelite response is to stack up a bunch of stones. They call them Ebenezers. That word means stone of hope or stones of hope. And they stack up these stones in, in this area that people along this road that people pass by often. And whenever people saw these stones, they'd be reminded of God's faithfulness and God's goodness, and they would break out in praise and they'd break out in worship. I think the author here in Psalms is acknowledging that there are Ebenezers in his own life. There are these stones of hope he stacked up in the past that remind him that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is righteous in his past, and so he can trust that God will be good, faithful, and righteous in his future. And I think that's what those testimonies that y'all gave to start this, 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 uh, this service this morning, that's why they're so important. Because those are Ebenezers, those are stones of hope for people in this body. It may not be something that is relevant to you, but it may touch somebody else. So I want to encourage you to share those moments and share those stories. For me, one of the most significant times in my walk as a Christian, I've told you all this before, I became a Christian when I was 25 years old. Well, I made the walk at 7. I started believing it at 25, I should say. One of the things that was important to me, at one point, a year or two after I became a Christian, I, I, lay, I was going to bed one night, I, I lay down to go to sleep, I was teaching at the time, and I had this kind of movie reel going in my head as I went to bed of every person I had ever hurt, every sin I had ever committed, everything that kind of separated me from God, I had this picture just rolling over and over and over my head. And the, the more I tried to sleep, the more intense Kind of the, the, and vivid the pictures got, and I wrestled with this all night long. It was kind of like, it, it felt like it was a complete attack by the enemy. Like, here are all the places where you've messed up, and you don't deserve to be in relationship with God, and you kept putting it out there. And finally, I came to my senses and flipped over my Bible, and I flipped over to John, and I read the verses where Jesus says, trust in God, trust also in me. 
And it was like the whole thing just disappeared. All of those things that were flashing in my head just disappeared. And so at any point where I'm walking through my life with the Lord, I start feeling like I'm not worthy and I don't deserve what he's doing. I can remember back to that moment. It's an Ebenezer for me. It's a place of hope for me. I can say, no, he, he told me that night that this is wrong, that this is not true. And so I can continue to walk in confidence that he's with me. And so as we work through this talk this morning, I just want to encourage you to start thinking about those moments from 2020 specifically. Because however bad, like, they, the circumstances don't change just because we flip the calendar over. Right? Could be the same. Who knows? Could be better, could be worse. 2030 could be worse than 2020. But as long as we are taking these Ebenezer's, these moments where our roots grow deep in the Lord to prepare us for whatever may come, we can rely on the Ebenezer's we set up in 2020 to lead us through whatever hardship and trial is going to come to us in the future. And so that's why I think this first six verses are, are important to us is that we can rely on God's protection and we can focus on where he has worked in our lives and that brings us into deeper relationship. Verse 7. I have become a sign to many. You're my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone, for my enemies speak against me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. As for me, this is, this is kind of the, the hinge verse for me right here. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more, and my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds of saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. This gives insight to the author for a minute. The first part of this, is, he says, you've made me a sign to the people. You've made me a sign to, to others through your faithfulness. And I looked at that word a few different ways. It's translated a, a couple different ways, but my favorite ways, I looked in the King James Version. It says, you've made me peculiar to others. And the thought that I had was that people who really believe, people who trust the Lord and people who are, who are going after the Lord are a little bit strange. They are. And they're a little bit unsettling to people who don't believe. I started thinking about that and said, well, that, that, that hurts our ability to witness to people if people are unsettled by us. And it's not that they are unsettled by us, our personality, or how we act. It's that they're unsettled by how much we have faith in God's faithfulness. How much we trust him is unsettling to other people. I get asked that question a lot of times. I get asked, the question I get asked a lot of times is that, do you really believe all this stuff that you say? We're at different ballparks or we're in different places and talking with people on the weekends around baseball parks. And they're like, do you really actually believe the stuff that's coming out of your mouth? I'll tell them a story about something that happened in Africa a few years ago or something that happened in Turkey last year. And they're like, do you really believe all the stuff that you're saying? And for me, that became convicting because they had to ask the question. Because if I'm trusting the Lord completely, totally, and wholly, they don't have to ask me if they believe it. They just know that I believe it. That's what makes people unsettled. 
that's what makes us appear strange or distinct. Maybe distinct is a better word. Maybe not strange. I don't mind being called strange, but you may. Distinct, unsettling, different than other people. We don't blend in. We stand out, not because of who we are, what we've done, but because of what he, who he is and what he's done and how much we trust that. God is also faithful to the, to the, to the author. He, he's crying out again, right? Over, he's like, I know you've protected me in the past. I've got things coming against me right now. People are saying, seize him. And he says in verse 14, I told you, one of my favorite parts of this, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. That reminds me back to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all know that story? Like they get thrown in the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar is like, you got to bow down to this statue, this idol. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Our God can save us. Even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down to your, bow down to your gods and your idols. I feel like the author, say, the, the psalmist is saying here, I, you may not save me, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to praise you more and more. And that brings us to the last part of this passage which is based a lot around our response. Verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, your your righteous deeds, yours alone. Since my youth, God, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Your mighty acts come to all, your mighty acts to all, to all who are to come. Your righteousness, God, reaches the heavens. You have done great things. Who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again from the depths of the earth. You will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort. Comfort me once more. I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, Holy One of Israel. My lips shall... My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I whom you have delivered, my tongue will tell you of your righteous acts all day long. For those who have wanted to harm me have been put to shame and confusion. So the psalmist's response to God's protection, even if he doesn't protect them, his response is still going to be the same, and that's to praise God. With his lips, he uses all these words. He has mouth, praise, proclaim, declare, sing, lips, tongue, all of these relate to an appropriate response to God's faithfulness to us. He's faithful, we praise him. He's faithful, we worship him. It's interesting to me that all the actions, the physical actions that take place in our relationship with the Lord, he does all of them. He made a way for us to come into relationship with him. He made a way for us to to live with him forever. He took all the difficult steps towards making us be in, or helping us become in relationship with him. And all our response is, is to praise him and worship him. We get the easy job. All our response is this. He did all the hard work. We just get to step into a place of relationship with him. The last part of this verse that really jumps out at me, it's the reason I told you about me, reiterated about being the youth pastor here. He says specifically, don't take me, God, until I have conveyed your acts and power to the next generation. There's a responsibility that comes with knowing God intimately. 
And that's sharing God with others. I was convicted by this because I've stood up here multiple times and shared my testimony with all of you, who some of you I know really well, some of you I've never met before, and I've shared that testimony over and over again. And I realize I've never shared my testimony with my own children. My kids don't know or didn't know until this past week how God rescued me. They didn't know the story of me coming into relationship with him. And what I realize is we all have a responsibility. You have children, teach them. Tell them why you bring them here every week. Tell them why you come every week to, 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 to sit in this room and sing songs and listen to somebody tell about, talk about it. Tell them why. Tell them about the experience. Share your Ebenezer's of your life with your children. And maybe it's not children. Maybe it's grandchildren. Maybe it's people you're mentoring. Maybe it's people who are older than you that don't know them. Or maybe it's people who, are, who have walked less time in relationship with the Lord. But there's a discipleship is a primary component of being in relationship with Jesus. Tell people your stories. You can bring them here to church and they can hear a good sermon and a good talk and they'll never respond. But experience, your experiences with the Lord trump a good argument every single time. Your experiences for what Jesus has done will impact people's hearts. And so I want to encourage you to share it. Tell somebody. Mentor somebody. Disciple somebody. And what it looks like to worship this God of great power. This God who loves us and cares for us. So how does this impact us? How, like, we're looking at a psalm. This is a song of some sorts. And how, does it, how do we take this and apply it? That was the hard part about looking at this. But what I realized is that God was helping us move in a place of application the entire time. I want to encourage you this week. So just sit and take some time and write down, however it is you keep up with things, whether it's writing them down, whether it's put them in your phone, whatever it happens to be, where are all the places you've seen God be faithful in 2020? I heard a lot of them. I actually started thinking, is this even necessary by the way y'all were sharing all those things? But there's more than one. And all of us have a place where we can look back at and say 2020 was actually a good year because I came closer to Jesus. Or 2020 was a good year because I saw God work in this place, in this place. And while it was outwardly disastrous and there's all the things that we can sit and talk about how bad this year was, or we can sit and say, no, God is still God and God is still good and he still pours out, he is still faithful because we've seen him work in the past, we've seen him work now, and we can see him work in the future. We will see him work in the future. And so let's set up stones Let's set up these stones of hope to remind us of this so we can share with the next generation. Some of your children, some of my children, won't remember 2020 in 10 years. But it can be a testimony in your house to God's faithfulness when we start sharing it with them. And so I want to encourage you, write something down. Put it somewhere where you can see it. Where you see it every day. God is faithful in this place. This is something I started doing, what's the day Sunday, obviously? Thursday. 
Because I'll be honest with you, 2020, this whole message today is coming from a place I'm speaking to me more than I'm speaking to anybody because 2020 has been a year of frustration for me. It's been a year that has not drawn me closer to the Lord if I look at it outwardly. It's actually made me angry and frustrated and probably not real pleasant to be around a lot of times because it's just always on edge. And when I finally sat down and wrote this down and put it on the mirror in my bathroom, it was like, oh, here are all the places where God has shown himself to be faithful and true. It's been people's names. It's been different events. It's been just different interactions with people that have been these testimonies to how good and how faithful and how trustworthy God is. And what it made me want to do, what it inspired me to do is, one, confess something. To confess to you that 2020 has not been the best year of my relationship with the Lord, but 2021, I'm committing myself personally to hearing God's voice. To stand in a place of listening to the Lord because I've operated out of more of my own strength in 2020, which has caused me to be frustrated and a little angry, and that this 2021, to commit myself to listen to the Lord first and respond to what the Lord says first. I shared that with somebody I'm close to, and they're like, hey, be careful about talking about God speaking. You're going to confuse people. People are going to be like, hey, this, you're, you're strange, which I'm good with. But you're going to make people feel uncomfortable and unsettled if you start talking about hearing God's voice. And just to be clear, God is spirit, and the spirit of God lives in us, and he speaks to us spirit to spirit. It may be an impression. It may be a thought. It may be something from God that you're not really sure of. Sometimes we even confuse what God is saying to us with our own thoughts. Kind of where I live at is I'm a pretty bad person. I'm a terrible person. And if I have a good thought, it's probably from the Lord. So I'm just going to trust that it is. Because in my flesh, I'm selfish. I'm self-centered and I want what I want, but if I'm listening to the Lord, it's going to be what he wants. And so I have to commit myself this year to listening to him and trust that those impressions, those thoughts, those ideas that are good are what God wants for me. And so what I'm asking for is spiritual renewal in 2021 to listen to his voice, respond to his voice, and block out everything else and only focus on him. And I know how impossible that sounds. But we got to step in this place. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. We have to slow ourselves down to be able to hear what he has to say. Everything competes for our attention. Work, parenting, entertainment. I told you, I've got four sons. They each play two sports. That's eight, sometimes some of them three. That's about ten practices a week that I said yes to. So I don't get to say I don't have time to spend time with the Lord because I said yes to spending time at the ballpark five nights a week. And so I have to acknowledge in my own life that I haven't taken time and set it aside for the Lord to listen to his voice. And I have to acknowledge that in this new year that my life has to change and I have to create time and space to listen and be in his presence and respond when he says something to me. What I think is when we all step into that place of desiring spiritual renewal and more of the Holy Spirit in our lives, more of Jesus gets revealed and more love gets given and, and communities start transforming and a year that the world sees as hopeless in 2020 becomes a year of hope and faithfulness and joy in 2021. So I want to encourage you this morning.
Slow down. Listen. And then react. What would it be like if we all heard God's voice and responded to what he said to us? How would our community change? How would our world change? I think we see more people drawn to Jesus than ever before when we step into that place. And the result of that is to respond to God's faithfulness in worship and praise. So this morning, we're not going to have a response time. Bo's going to come back up. He's going to lead us in one more song. Now I want you just to step into this place of trusting the Lord. He's been faithful. What's your response? He's going to be faithful this year. What's your response? And I want to encourage you to worship Jesus this morning in a way that shows how much you trust him. So I'm going to pray. Bo's going to come up, and we'll end with this last song of worship. Jesus, we thank you that you are always trustworthy, that you're always faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, God, you still pursue us and love us. Your trustworthiness lasts forever. Your voice, you continue to speak. You're the God that spoke in the Old Testament, you spoke in the New, and we know that you never change. And so, God, we, we acknowledge that you're speaking to us all the time. And we confess that we haven't slowed down and listened for a lot of the time. I pray, Lord, you'll help us commit to listening to your voice and responding to your voice. We love you. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. We're glad you could uh, tune in and connect with us, uh, your church here at Stonebridge uh, this morning. And, you know, when, when Jeremy, he texted me, we were, we were texting back and forth about, what are you thinking? What do you feel like the Lord's leading you towards? And he said, Psalm 71. My first thought was, Jeremy doing a psalm. There's something intriguing about this. And, and I looked it up. Um, it, it was familiar. It was like, I know there's something. That, what is that one? I was mixing it up with a couple others. And I looked it up and I had it just underlined. And there was, there was a date next to it, circles and underlines. And the date next to it was a, in 2013 um, in, in July. And there was, there, was, there was a time that like the Lord spoke to me in this psalm. And I thought, how neat was that? This, this psalm has been a place of for us, for me to hold on to, to remember. And then Jeremy leading us this uh, was special. And, and then in the 8 a.m. service, um, I had asked Ryan to come and share, and we were just going to just the Lord to speak to us as we can be able to encourage you, support, and challenge uh, our, our church body. God, do you have something to share to us for um, our church online? And, um, and he told me something, and I really wasn't sure if it was for me or if it was for you. And then I asked, and he said, it's for both. Yes, yes, it is for, <laughs> for all of us to hold tight. Um, and, and it was this idea that we are Ebenezer Stones, the place and the events and the lives where God is at work and he has done something significant in us. Um, I feel like the Lord gave me the word keep for us to keep moving forward, for us to keep committing every day to the Lord, for us to keep moving in step with the Lord and keep dedicating everything I have and everything that I do. And, um, and so I want you to hold on to that this week. I want you to pray and read and sit in Psalm 71 this week. 
uh, remembering that all the things that the Lord has done for you, for the people else in your life, they look to you and they say, that is how I know part of God's faithfulness. It's a beautiful part of our how we operate as a community and how he's placed us in people in our families and our lives that we are operating as Ebenezer Stones for others. And so keep moving forward. Keep advancing. Keep steady in the word and prayer and worship. Let's keep moving forward um, as we move into 2021. Ryan, you want to share with us also? Yeah, and as you were talking about that, just one thing that I was just thinking about too is that when Jeremy was preaching that it's kind of what I loved about it was that he was just kind of not only just telling us that you have these Ebenezer stones that kind of help provide us strength and provide us the faith of how faithful God is to us, but also he didn't just leave it there. He also, it reminded me of the Great Commission where he was talking about passing on to the next generation, go and make disciples, and that us being those stones as well is a way that we see that the Lord likes to work through us. It's not that we're doing his where he's working through us and that we can kind of help not just others come to faith and help make more disciples, but we can also be those stones that, you know, when Matt's having a hard time and maybe struggling a little bit that, you know, hopefully I can come alongside and help him out or vice versa. And that, you know, this community at Stonebridge, this community in Marietta, that we can come together and help each other grow in faith when we need it. Yeah, that's so good. That's good. We appreciate you. We, we, like I said in the beginning, we, we think about you. We pray for you. We talk about you. Um, and so we're so glad you could join us today. And we hope you just have a great rest of the day. We'll see you next time.